Yeah. It's there. And it, it wasn't worth it. It was exactly what I expected. <laughs> so then what exactly happened with this last video? Okay, so I switched to a new video editing software, DaVinci Resolve, because <clears throat> I heard a lot of good reviews and I hated Final Cut. And I exported, but when they export audio, you have to pick like which thing to do it from. And when I did it from the bus the first time, it came out all fine on my end. Like the video when I watched it on my computer was fine. When I uploaded to YouTube, it was like, or whatever. So I pulled that. Then I did it again, but it skipped my audio and the trailer audio. So it just pulled your guys' track because I had to pull it off of Discord because Jake's headphones quit halfway through. So I pulled it from Discord to not have oh, the echo. No. And then I, I exported it, listened to it. Mine was there, put it into YouTube. It only grabbed the first track. So I was like, what the fuck? Did it again, again, again. And then I just did the exact same thing I did the first time again, and it worked. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm leaving it up. That, that's, a, that's a known issue with uh, DaVinci software. It can only process half the audio channels. I don't get it. Is that a joke? Because he, he only had one ear. No. That's Leonardo. Oh, fuck. That was Van Gogh. That's Van Gogh. This needs to be in the video. Yeah, this is yeah, this is our intro. <laughs> How is that the intro? I don't know. No, no, you can just start in the TikTok. It, 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 could, it could be the TikTok. No one will see that. <laughs> All right, there's the end of the TikTok. Clap. Hi. <laughs> right here. <laughs> Actually, oh, if, if you do want to do the vibe for this movie. Oh, God. No. Is... Yeah. Alternative title for this podcast is what movie is Ben going to suggest that's going to bum me out this week? <laughs> Don't worry, guys. We can watch Tar next. I'm sure that's a barrel. I'm just, I'm just watching these thinking, when's the Super <laughs> Mario We're movie We're watching something out. popular now. Oh, yeah. The Mario movie. Yeah. That's right. Oh, Ma I, that's I, not I until do the Mario movie. I'll yeah. definitely have, I... I'll have takes. And we can Let only talk see. about Chris Pratt's voice for the first 20 minutes. Yeah. It's a hard rule. You know what? You know what? It doesn't sound too bad in the trailer. I was worried, and then I, I saw a trailer, and I was like, all right, I'm in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Rum and Cinema. Today, we're going to talk about The Whale, now available on digital platforms for rent or purchase. You can find us at youtube.com slash at Rum and Cinema. Subscribe to keep up to date with our new episodes as we release them. And you can find us on TikTok now with special behind the scenes and trendy posts. Click, 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 click. At Rum and Cinema on TikTok. Today I'm joined by my guests Nate and Jake. Jake, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, uh, all things considered. Uh, and the things that are being considered is that we watched another... I don't want to call it a downer. You know, but it's... You can call it's, it a Charlie wouldn't yeah. want to call it a downer. Well, he can't stop me. Literally. <clears throat> so that's good. Nate, how are you? Uh, kind of the same. You know, we, I think we kept saying that we should watch something upbeat. And mm -hmm. then we, none of us had a good suggestion. So we're like, let's just watch The Whale. Uh, Oops. And I was excited to watch this movie. And now yeah. I don't know why. Yep. Well, uh, I feel like I was lied to. That's why. Well. Really? You know, we're going to end I, I thought it was going to be sad, but I was expecting, I was expecting catharsis, and I didn't get it. Uh, okay. Okay. I uh, in a one line. Yeah, let's get into it. So we watched the whale, directed by Darren Aronofsky. Aronofsky, who you may re remember from other movies such as Requiem for a Dream, 
the fountain, Pi, Black Swan, the wrestler, Mother, and the whale. So, so lots of lo- lots of good cheery ones. In yeah, right. List, huh? Lots of rewatchers on there, you know. <laughs> uh, right. Maybe I was expecting I was expecting to have uh, a movie that I would be able to have an interesting take on, and instead I got something that just uh, I was like, "What is this exactly?" Yeah. Uh, this was written by Samuel D. Hunter, who originally wrote this as a as a play and i think you can tell that as you're watching the movie it's very much like one scene one set uh also as a staff writer on baskets which is a fantastic show from back in the day on fx with uh zach galifianakis and has one of the funniest scenes i'll show you all after this it has one of the funniest scenes i've ever seen in a trailer it's always so interesting when you hear something from someone famous that you've never heard of before uh it's an amazing show like how did i not know about this yeah, you will want to watch it after I show you this trailer. Uh, uh, Sam grew up in Moscow, Idaho, so probably more uh, about... I think it is about his experience in Idaho, and then also I think he... We'll get into it. Um, but yeah, it was originally written as a play. It came out recently on A24, one Best Actor with Brendan Fraser. Um, I think that the supporting actress, Hong Chao, was amazing as well, played Liz. She was from the menu. She was the... Uh, the waitress that was like very much like mm, this is how it, it is. It took us it took us about twenty minutes to realize it. I I recognized her like right away. Menu, right? She did. Yeah, she did. Yeah, and she didn't have I, an accent here, or she yeah. had a you know Idaho. As Idaho. as soon as I, I saw her, accent. I'm like I know her, but I don't know from what. So yeah. I I watched it on Amazon, which is um Actually, my my first uh my first diagnosis was that she used her customer service voice in the menu <laughs> ah, not even an actual yeah customer service voice yeah that of. would be it exactly but uh yeah i watched this on amazon prime video which actually i really like for watching shows and movies because if you 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 know if you mouse over it gives you a pop-up of all the actors who are currently in that scene mm-hmm. you can click on them and then boom brings you to their page uh, and it also pops up with cool trivia. Yeah, I love it. And if it's, it was, yeah, it's it's actually one of it, like that feature probably makes it my favorite uh, thing to watch shows or movies on. That's the only thing from Amazon Prime I would bring to every other service. The yeah, UI is okay, mm-hmm. but it's like hard to differentiate what I'm paying for and what I'm not paying for sometimes. Um, and then yeah, that is X-ray. I think they call it. Yeah, sponsored. By yeah, Amazon. that's it. X-ray. It's yeah. it's awesome. And and like literally, if you if you like keep it on. Uh, like it literally when the scene changes or when people enter and exit, it'll, it'll change following it. So it literally only shows whoever's on the screen at once. Yeah. I love it. This makes me feel like an old man. Cause I feel like I hate that idea. You would having not experienced it. Uh, it's I mean, really if you in the moment, I to feel like, like, does it not take you out of the movie? You don't have to have it on, but yeah, it's not permanent. It's like no, for no, me, like, obviously yeah. it's not, but like if you want, I don't know. I'm already taken out by thinking, where did I see this person? So I got to pause it and figure it out. Might as well do it yeah. on the screen. Yeah, you just, you're literally there on the screen. So yeah. I just wiggle the mouse a bit and. Go do ayahuasca and watch fucking. Star yeah, why, why are you, why are you mad about this? Why are you such a boomer take on this? It's an optional feature that's, that you can ignore. It, it, I know. And that's why I say it <laughs> makes me feel old that I don't like it. Why does this I'm TV like, have a mute button? Doesn't that take you out of it? I want to be immersed in the movie. This feels like the opposite of that. So go to a theater, nerd. Watch this this your... brings me to my hey. point. We should get rid of closed captioning. 
you can't hear, this isn't for you. Which I what can is, say what we is don't have the closed functional difference on our between closed that, captioning and Amazon X ray? Closed captioning is for people who can't hear. Yeah, yeah and X ray is for people who can't recognize faces. Yeah. <laughs> it's for people who can't focus. I'll accept that. I'm discriminating against the ADD. ADHD. You heard it here first. It's okay. It's a hater. They're, they've already forgotten about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm trying to someone. figure out that thing. I should actually have realized how important this is. Yeah. Taylor actually will like not exactly that will not be able to focus in a movie because she's like, I know this person. Yeah. She's like, who are they from? And I'm like, shut up. You can, you can solve it immediately if you're watching it on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I see the value now. I just, you know, my Took a minute. perspective didn't, uh, yeah. appreciate it it was very boomer of you to not realize how beneficial something was until it happens to you <laughs> what do you mean healthcare is not free i gotta pay for this now so uh, uh we have yet another a24 three by four or four by three cropped movie sick that opening i was already like are you fucking kidding me but it won me back uh somebody gets dropped off and a camera off instructor it's the first thing that we see so we see um brendan fraser's character for the first time compliments in the movie actually at first it's a um, zoom call for an online class and the only person who doesn't have their camera on is the instructor and we hear a voice and it sounds familiar and it is brendan fraser playing charlie who is an online uh english teacher he's teaching like about persuasive english and yeah that that voice not even immediately recognizable as Brendan Fraser. He, his instructor voice is like ominous. I guess I've watched like and interviews of him off. lately, so like I was like, oh, this is what he sounds like now, kind of like breathy and learn how to write clearly and persuasively. Think about that. Think about breathy. the truth yeah, of right. your argument. I like it. Maybe we need to be better <gasps> emotionally. There's a lot of. See, and a lot of wheezing in the movie, and, you know, at first you're like, okay, he's a morbidly obese man, he's wheezing, but it's actually increases throughout the movie yes. also, and becomes like a, a plot point. Yes, this movie crescendos very well, and I think it's, that's one thing I, I would say there's two good things about this movie that really stand out. The pacing was really good, and Brendan Fraser's performance, and Linda, uh, I forgot her name, Hong Chow's performance Hong as Liz Chow. was incredible. Everything else fine um so uh and then it switches to a title card and we'll put that down here monday um i don't believe you you, you have to edit this out or i'm just gonna call you out on not editing it there you go <laughs> so we open on monday and they kind of spin you around the room that charlie's in and the space that he lives and you don't really notice I would say I didn't really notice how big he was until he stood up. I think that was a big moment of a reveal. Um, Char a running theme through this movie, I think, is Charlie not being honest about himself, but being honest about everything else, if that makes sense. He's like the most genuine person except to himself. I don't know that. To himself. I don't know. Like he knows he's fat, but he won't acknowledge that he can fix it. Because he's like so set on something else, which you find out about later. So I, I disagree. He's the only person he's yeah. not being genuine. I, I, no, I, I read that he. I read that he's fully aware. He just. Yeah, I agree. He's aware, but I, I think he's dude. past the point of fixing it, and he he feels oh, defeated sure. by sure, it. Sure, sure, sure. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think he's aware. He just, I think he's made a decision. Before yeah. Even, okay. Even That's fair. And it does, it does, that does dawn on you slowly. Yeah. Yeah. That, okay. So then the movie's good about slowly revealing truths about people, which I think comes to a head really well with people towards Charlie, um, towards the end of the movie. I will say, in terms of positive things, another thing to add, and I have a lot of negative things to say, but the uh, establishing the establishing the, the room and the, the claustrophobia of the, the space did really stick out to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, it really feels like you're in there with them. This will probably come up a few times, but I also want to bring up them showing the weight and how per, uh, someone with this weight has problems some were very good and some were like so over the top i like almost laughed because it's like you kind of think of like fat bastard from austin powers like that's the only other time we've seen like i mean there's there's other times obviously but like that's the biggest one i can think of like a naked fat suit that i've seen i mean that that's a great I don't know. It's not metaphor or analogy. It's a great uh, example, I guess, yeah. of the same thing where I think a, a big issue I had with the movie is how much they focus on making you, like, feel trying fat. to make you feel uncomfortable with the weight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They want you to feel the weight in, like, a literal sense, I think. Yeah, but I, I think it also has a perspective. It wants you to like dislike it. Like, it's, yeah, it's basically. It's so weird. I, I listen to people talk about this movie, and some people said that it's really empathetic. Like, it wants you to feel bad about being disgusted by him. But like, also, the movie is bringing that perspective that you should yes. be disgusted by it. Yeah, yeah, it's like, a bad. You I don't... should be disgusted by it, and you should feel bad about it. That's the mm -hmm. vibe I got from the movie. I don't. I don't think the movie is trying to force that perspective on you. I can't think of how they're trying to say you should be disgusted. I think they just people, show you. People things. pointed out like the the noise, the sound yeah, the noises. on him eating gets amplified like yep. way louder than you would possibly hear it. The yep. wheezing, the the sweat, like he's just covered in sweat. That I like. It's, I like that it's part. Emphasized. It is. It's over the and top, and that's an Arnofsky thing for sure. It's, he's it's also. And, uh, I mean, with the, the sweating and the difficulty of doing things, that's not just because of his weight, though. Sure, 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 sure. He's, because he's, you he know, I don't know if we're bringing this up yet, but. Yeah. Like the key and everything, that was more difficult. Not just because he was big. It was a big Let's moment. Let's not pretend like we don't spoil things. Yeah, we did. Yeah, okay. So, well, watch this. So, this is a spoiler podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, so he has congestive heart failure. Yeah. And he's yeah. he's very he's close to death. So a lot of his struggling isn't just because he's a you know has this huge body. He's also you know very physically weakened at this point. Beyond that, so he has all that extra weight, and he's also sick and weak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I the the wheezing was a bad example. Uh, the the eating scenes, yeah. the noises the, were big. The noises, yeah, they. The, 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 the point was made and I was convinced that the, the perspective of this movie is that you should be disgusted by him but you should feel bad about it I think the writer's intention was you should empathize and the director's intention was you should be disgusted Yeah, that's what I no, feel it's, like it's happened. very visual 
Yeah. It's very visual. He's a very sympathetic character, but we Huge. spend whole scenes in silence just watching him struggle. I can't remember a character who I felt was more genuine in a movie I've seen in a forever. Yeah. He felt like the purest I person. Think that, I think a lot of that comes down to Brandon Fraser. A hundred percent. Yes. Like, not not a hot take that no. Brendan Fraser is the highlight. Yeah, that's so well, good. You know, I, I think sometimes somebody wins something for best actor, you know, and it's, you know, it's good. Yeah. But it's, you know, but I, I think this, uh, this is just a master class. Yeah. He did, like, you know, it was, it was a great performance. I think I watched there. I didn't know he had. Go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, I didn't know he had those chops. Yeah. Incredible. Apps like top tier. Incredible. Like I remember I mean, if, if you don't know Brennan Fraser's story, like it's a whole thing. Oh yeah. Look it up. He, he got, he had a really rough, fucked. rough time with Hollywood. Like yeah. he had, yeah. Was, I mean, he, he basically he was sexually assaulted. Got, he was blackballed, yeah, he got sexually assaulted and blackballed. Like he, he basically got taken out of Hollywood for a long time. Yep. Ah, uh, okay. And this is one of the first movies back. He was on doom patrol. Uh, voice acting, I think. Maybe he's actually there. I don't know. I haven't watched Doom Patrol. Um, but yeah, yeah he's it's in not that. good. Right. <laughs> but that's yeah. not Brendan Fraser's no. fault. No. But this is the first movie I remember him being in for a long time. And it, yeah, he knocked out of the park. Like, being held as his comeback. Yeah. I watched There Will Be Blood for Daniel Day Lewis's performance because I wanted to see what like his acting was like because I've, you know, heard about him, but I never really watched a movie of his. So I watched it, and that movie was so good for other reasons as well. Like, his performance was incredible. So was Paul Dano's. So was the writing. The visuals were cool. It was a fun story. Like, really good. This movie, I think I'd really only recommend to see it because of Brendan Fraser's performance. And I would tell people that going in. Like, But because he's such a main part of the movie, because it's written like a stage play where he's always on screen and we always are interacting with him, it makes it worth the performance watch. Like, if someone... If Austin Butler's Elvis performance was like this, I don't know that I would be like the amount of time he's in the movie Elvis compared to the whale. I wouldn't recommend it, but because he's such a focus and because he's so good, this is, yeah, I would recommend it only to watch Brendan Fraser's performance. Yeah. Yeah. I think the part where he was knocked out was a uh, least favorite part. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a big reveal during that part Monday. too. Yeah. Okay. So Monday has a heart attack watching gay porn. That's our introduction to Charlie. Um, and someone knocks at the door and they're like a Mormon style person. They're not Mormons. Like they specifically say that at some point, but I think that's for, for legal, legal reasons. reasons. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I don't understand why exactly. Like, it's, well, uh, it's apparently in the, right. in the play, it was written out. as Mormon. And then for the yeah, movie, they changed it to not be Mormon. Again, Probably. if it was Scientology, I'd be like, yeah, fair. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, they're not South Park. I guess uh, they can't get away with it. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, they're courting that Mormon audience. I don't know. Yeah, don't maybe know there's this movie. maybe there's like beef or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. So he he uh, a Mormon comes in and helps him get his phone, and he says he's going to call his nurse friend Liz, who we meet. So we've met Thomas. We don't know his name yet, but that's the Mormon. Charlie is Brendan Fraser's character. Hong Chow's character is Liz, his friend, who is a nurse, and we find out more later. Um, and he has the Mormon kid read an essay to him. And it's an essay about Moby Dick. And we hear this essay three or four times during the movie. And I think that's a interesting and nice way that they presented it to you. The way that they like show you what the... The way they present the story to you is really well done. Uh, I want to put it that way. The like plot structure and the places that they make things happen is really interesting. I did like that. Yeah, it's... 
it it doesn't work for me, but it's like structurally sound. Yes, yeah. it's like a setup and a reinforcement and a payoff. Yep. That it it is you, a play. Yeah. 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 It's written just like that. Um, and he and he stands up. I think uh, when Liz comes in, he has he's standing up or something, and he looks way bigger when he stands up, like huge. Um, and you start to see him move around. He's going to the bathroom, and then Liz has a conversation with Charlie or with Thomas, the Mormon guy, and says that Charlie's boyfriend was killed by the church, and he doesn't need to come around here anymore. And that that'll kind of come through more again. This is the, this is the setup for her relationship with the church and um, Charlie's relationship with this man and um, things like that. Uh, Liz thinks he's dying. Charlie says, "I'm sorry." all the time like he apologizes all the time to people we find out he has congestive heart failure he lives in ohio and i thought it was really interesting they introduced liz as like this really smart you need to go to the hospital all this stuff and she's laying on brendan fraser's front and uh he's like kind of making noises like he's not feeling good and like he's kind of sad and then he's like come on liz come on please and Liz gets up and gets a bucket of chicken for Charlie to eat. And that's where you kind of see this like vicious uh, cycle. And it's like very, that, that hit me when I first saw that. Fully on board. Yeah. That was such a dark moment. Yeah. And the framing, the framing when they're, the camera is in the kitchen and it goes to the bucket of chicken and then she goes and grabs it. Yeah. It was like yeah. the first time you watch Requiem for a Dream, like that kind of a downer. And because it's the same director, I kind of felt that. I was like, oh, no, is this going to be like this, but with eating? Like, is this what the obese community needs? Just like the drug community needed Requiem for a Dream? Like, is this the ultimate uh, get-out-of-jail get card for those folks? Like, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I, but we, I don't think the obese community uh, <laughs> appreciates this movie. No, I don't think so either. Uh, uh, I... I in, in probably the same way that the drug community doesn't appreciate yeah. uh, being being used as a metaphor for having a horrible life. And yeah. yeah, a corporate greed. And, I, don't, yeah. I don't think that they love being like, you are a symbol of depression. Yeah. So this, this movie is structured in days, so now we move on to Tuesday. I will say, again, purely structurally, uh, just having a, a head like a header for each day was so ominous yeah this movie like uh, uh because on monday liz says he won't live until the weekend yeah and then yeah you basically you get monday and then she says that and then every day like just from a i don't know a, a writing a filmmaking perspective that that's that was a great i i, I didn't i did like that yeah it's easy uh, built-in tension yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, yeah. it just, and I think it also goes along with the crescendo piece. Like I think that was, it, yeah. it is written as a crescendo, which um, is really fun to see that done visually too. So he, he has this vicious cycle of being good and then guilt from being gone so far. So we see him like open a drawer. There's there's like a fruit bar in it. Opens another drawer and there's candy in it, and he takes the candy out and eats it. And then he like kind of thinks about it and you see him put it back and get angry. Um, and then something reminds him of the guilt of being so far gone 
and he just smashes the food, like just eats all the candy. And it's, we see this kind of like binge cycle happen um, in front of us. And then Ellie shows up. Ellie is played by Sadie Sink. Ellie is Charlie's estranged daughter. Estranged, is that the right word for this? I guess. I'd say so. Abandoned. Abandoned, yeah. Abandoned daughter. That's probably a better way to put it. Uh, she's in high school, we find out. She's been suspended. She's kind of a hard ass on him. Like, she calls him disgusting. Um, said, you left me when I was eight to fuck one of your students, which is true. Um, and then she she kind of sets up as, like, at the door with a challenge. Like, all right, if you want. And he begs her to stay. He's going to pay her and, like, do her homework and all this shit. And or that's the next time maybe I don't know. But do we do we know how she ended up there? Here's so I thought that she just like stopped by, you know, because she wanted something. Um, That seems like a coincidence, quite a coincidence. But well, then later on in the movie, they I I heard him reference uh, about him reaching out to her. Yeah. And but but I don't remember I don't remember that happening. Because so he seemed Mon- kind of surprised that she was there. The right? last thing, the last thing we see on Monday night is a phone. He gets his phone out and he he's scrolling through it. So that was my indication that he was calling or contacting or texting Ellie or however he could. Okay. And I think he was surprised because he never got a response. You're an amazing person, Ellie. I couldn't ask for a more incredible daughter. Are you actually trying to parent me right now? Who would want me to be a part of their life? Okay, that makes sense. sense. That's my thought. Um, We're in like 2016 probably time-wise. I think it's the, yeah, 2018, 19, 16, 15, 2015. That's when this movie takes place. 2016. It was election time though, so it would have been the 2015 before, right? Or it's 2016. Oh, no, you're right, 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Math. Roughly. Math. 2016, you're right. Um, So... He seems to interact with people who are either abusive or enabling at this point. Abusive in his daughter and enabling with um, Liz. Uh, and he seems to be kind of a doormat to both of them, like, um, at some points. He's apologizing to Liz. He's yeah. just incredibly positive with Ellie. Regardless. Yeah. Awesome person. Both of which are very understandable. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. And then Liz comes so, over that night after Ellie leaves, thinks Ellie being there's a bad idea, seeing him in this state, and um then he eats a meatball sandwich and he chokes on it. And this is the first like this is the second moment, I think, that we see where we're like, Oh fuck, this is this kind of movie, you know. But this one kinda took me out of it because the noises were amplified and like the noises that she made when she like hit him in the back were like a karate chop it sounded like like it wasn't it didn't match the action i was watching um so that kind of took me out a bit but it was like you remember being like damn when she when she went down yeah which yeah you have i mean you can't wrap around him yeah yeah she can't do tradition you know i mean you know and if you you know because you're supposed to if you can't wrap your arms around someone then have them like lean against the chair and do that but she can't do that either it, it, it goes back to I, I this this just makes me think of an example of like where the movie's like you should think you you should think that this is like that he's messed up yeah like that yeah. he we see this choking immediately like he hasn't eaten before like that he's or he's eating, eating so fast, fast that he can't control himself like, yeah 
that's 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 a judgment that's made that's I think, like added to this film like that I, what that because he's fat he eats so fast that he's gonna choke i focused on that for about two seconds and like that stuck with me but i think the bigger thing they're trying to get across was how difficult his life is um i think that's that move moment was more about not about him eating but about how he had to get the um heimlich maneuver that was the point yeah. of the thing to me. But yeah, and, and yeah, because she even, she even said, you have to rock with me for me to even turn you on your side. And we're, we're watching and like the projectile comes like kind of in between us and the camera. So like that's like, oh, like yeah, a little. That's visceral. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. It's, 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 it's the movie's like he is disgusting, but you should feel bad for thinking he's disgusting. Like that's what it wants you to, wants sure. you to feel like. I okay. just kept getting it. I was like, I was like, really? That's, it is that's two two sides terrible. of a coin for sure. Because like yeah. yeah, he's eating like a literal pig, and he almost dies because he's eating so fast. Yeah. yeah. So then we get to Wednesday. Um, Wednesday. Everything Charlie does is so difficult. <laughs> that's my editing. That's how I know how to edit Stay something. Uh, <laughs> or leave that in. I don't care. I'm leaving it in. <laughs> uh, I'll forget to edit it out. We're already past the point where I'm scrubbing at this point. Eh, it's probably. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, he's like a very fine. Yeah, sure, it's okay. So he's teaching his class again, and we see, we hear him talk about honesty more. Like that starts coming up. Be honest with your answers and things like that. Um, he's still very genuine, very nice, very good person. Ellie comes back over. She's a shithead. Um, she says she never forgets anything. She takes pictures of him. Uh, he bottles this... up all his emotions though, because Ellie's kind of clapping back at him and asking about Alan who was his partner. Um, and one, two interesting things about this, and then Nate, I'll go to you. Um, the way that they reference homosexuality in this state in this year, I think is very like accurate to what that person went through. Whoever like experienced this is uh, like 2015 Idaho feels like a very rough place to be for someone who's in the homosexual community. And no one referred to Alan as Charlie's partner, except Charlie. Uh, at least yeah, Liz called. That was very noticeable. Yeah, Liz called him a boyfriend. Um, Thomas literally puts the Bible in Charlie's hands and says, "Alan was trying to tell you something, and he was taken because God hated what he did." Like that's the kind of level he was at. And Ellie drops slurs and um, calls him calls Alan not a boyfriend even, right? I can't remember what he called her, but not a boyfriend. Um, so yeah, nobody even referencing it. I, I thought she, or she used to say boyfriend. Yeah, I, I thought she called him boyfriend, right. but boyfriend. she also, Mary, you know, Mary, the the ex-wife referred to her as it referred to him as her friend. friend. Oh my god, yeah, that was it. Okay, that was very noticeable. Yeah, so Ali's asking about Alan. We don't know how Alan died. We know that he died now, though. Um, the only, the only, the only thing we know is that the right. church. Yeah, the church made him die. So Ellie that was Charlie's partner, and they were in love. Um, and Charlie goes to the bathroom and cries with those sink on, so Sadie or so Ellie can't hear. Um, and then we hear knock at the door, and Liz, is it the Mormon's back? And then the Mormon and Ellie have a moment, uh, and she's kind of like shitting all over Weird him moment. and just like manipulating him from the get go. Yeah, um, she shits on religion. I still, I still don't really know hard. what to think of of that 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 whole relationship i don't know what was happening i think yeah well good. and it's because it, she 
her first couple interactions with him, she was, and she said it not too long afterwards. She's like, it's so easy to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. And, yeah. and so that's what, and so part of her is just doing that. I think she is having fun doing that, but also some of it's kind of weird too, because like, it makes, it makes sense at this immediate time because you're like, okay, he's, you know, little innocent, you know, church missionary. <laughs> and, uh, and so he's getting uncomfortable with all these things that she's saying but and it kind of doesn't make sense later when you learn a little bit more about him mm -hmm. yeah and, and my read this day specifically is that like she reads this very like desperate and like just i, I read it as like her wanting a friend which is not yeah. what tracks i don't know it's yeah. it's, it's very scatterbrained to me uh, she yeah because she also their characterizations yep she'd always get him to the brink of like pushing him away completely and then be like, Oh no, come back, come back. You know? Uh -huh. Yeah. Very abusive relationship kind of thing. Um, yeah. so people walk all over Charlie and the first time we really noticed, I thought this was really interesting visually how hard it is for Charlie to follow a conversation. Um, cause you see him like he's trying to make eye contact with Ellie and everybody else like sits in one place with him, but Ellie's always moving around, I think to fuck with him. And he can't even like go fast enough to keep up with seeing her like by moving where he is. And it's really, that's another one of those like well done, I think shots. Something to bring up from the, the first visit with Ellie. Uh, Cause I think it'll become relevant later is when she's getting ready to leave. She's, she stands at the door and she says, get up, get up and come, you know, come over here. Yeah. And see, like he starts, he reaches for his walker and she's like, no, not without the walker, get up and walk over to me. And he tries and even just trying to lift himself up out of the couch, he he hurts himself. He, you know, he can't even get up off the couch. Yep. He and takes then out while the he's, end table next to him. Yeah. And then so this while is, he's, this is when? Is, oh, is my timeline wrong? Okay. Oh, you're right. So, oh, you're right. So, you're right. I, I just have a thought. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. But uh, anyway, so like, uh, the, and then she leaves when he's, you know, he's struggling. He's in pain. He knocked over the table. Yep. And she just walks out the door, and and that's how she left on the first day that that she was there. Mm -hmm. yeah. This so, is another this is yeah. another moment where it's it's weird to me, like trying to pin down a, an issue I had with this was trying to figure out the characterizations of anyone but Charlie. It, it, everything kind of revolves around Charlie, which like makes sense as the main character, but you expect everyone else to be three-dimensional as well. And it seemed to me like Ellie was kind of just expressing whatever we were supposed to be feeling about her. Like she has a story. She has, she's his abandoned daughter and what does she want? And the first day she's like walked to me and she's being like cool to him. Like why? It's to me, it's just like demonstrating this difficulty that he has. Mm -hmm. And then it's just dropped. It's, it's not really talked about again. See, to me, she's to complete this arc for him. Yeah, she's she's really the only one in the story to me that that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it um, makes sense to me. She's like that's it, it's it's almost weird because like, yeah, like over she has like an overarching story that makes sense, mm -hmm. and it's you know, and I it think it's done yeah, and and well written. Yeah, but then, and, and I, I feel like there's even a couple of times where it's like, why are you doing this? The other thing that I'm not quite, 
I'm not quite sure with her uh, why she's. I, and I, I know it's like plot relevant at times, but I still don't know why she's so obsessed with random pictures and, you know. Yeah. 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 I, I don't quite yeah, get we, that. I don't think we really get that. We, uh -uh. we, we kind of see it. We, we see how it's, we see how it's used and right. we see, I don't, I don't you know, we see results of it, but yeah. that's, that's oh, still not. Oh, you think not, Thomas like, was lying at the end? Hmm? You think Thomas was lying at the end? No. I, I believe I never thought of that what happened. I don't buy her motivation. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Well, you don't buy Charlie's explanation of her motivation. Yeah, I don't buy Charlie's explanation. Yeah, because Charlie sees everything as good. Uh, so then Liz comes over. I think those two left. Um, and she has a wheelchair for... Um, oh, no. She told them to leave, but she told Thomas to stay behind. She said, Ellie, get out of here. So Thomas, you're staying here. Yeah, we're going to have a chat. Um, so uh, uh, Thomas is... One thing about him, quick. He talks about the end times a lot. His religion revolves around it being near the end times, and you need to be one of us in order to get to heaven. And that's kind of like Jehovah's Witnessy. Like 144,000 people are going to heaven. Like that's very Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, it's. I mean, he makes explicit reference to 144,000. Again, it's, yeah. in, it's it's endlessly confusing to me why they chose <laughs> to pretend like it wasn't Mormons in this movie. It's yeah, right. Really weird. <laughs> or Jehovah's Witness. Maybe it's that. Um. Like so. Was, yeah. Is Mormon. Is it? Yes. Oh. Kansas Jesus. Oh, together. Kansas Jesus. Also, dude. the Church of Latter-day Saints. Yeah, I knew that one. Yeah. Yeah. They're like the prequels to Star Wars. If the Star Wars was the Bible, they're the prequels. Come out <laughs> a little bit later. obvious cult. Yeah. <laughs> I love Jar Jar. Oh, God. Um, so, Liz comes over with a wheelchair. She's going to have a chat with Charlie. Or Thomas. And Charlie goes to sit in the wheelchair, and she makes beeping noises when he's backing up. That was funny. That was uh, funny. So it's cool to see like that, I mean, and like was, was everybody's cute. laughing. Yeah, it was the, a hearty the moment. Comfort. You exactly. Know, he laughs. I, and I, I think that showed their rapport. That showed their rapport really well. Yeah, it, it, it established his character. Yeah. Um. So then Liz and Thomas have a chat, and she talks about her brother, um, being a person who had a life and was going to get married and did this and that. And then this long explanation. Uh, and then he ends up killing himself. Um, so in my head, we have two deaths due to this church that Liz knows about at this time. That's what I'm thinking. And well, and because also she had said uh, when, when she was first telling off Thomas and she was like, uh, you know, and she's telling him not to come around because uh, his, his partner had, you know, was killed by the church. And she also said, and I don't have a great history with the church either, just for the record. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And her, like, her dad's like some high person in the church and yeah. all this stuff. Um, and at the end, she gets really close and like face-to-face -face with Thomas and like explain to him that Charlie's going to die. You don't need to be here for this. I'm here for this. I'm all he needs. And we look over the camera pans and Charlie's sitting there listening to it because now he has that freedom that little bit of extra freedom with the wheelchair and she'd never expected him to be able to do that. Like that's how comfortable she was being excluded from Charlie on that deck. To me, as we go through this point by point, it just is another example of like unexplored. Like I thought that we were getting into some amount of possessiveness with her. Yep. Like we, we turn from protectiveness to possessiveness Nothing ever happens with that for her. Well, I think we hear the resolution. I think we hear the why, if nothing else. I, I think this movie isn't about resolutions for anyone but Charlie. 
everyone else is left open-ended because yeah. to me this movie is about Very the end of charlie's story yeah oh i hated the ending i hated the last minute of this movie oh, we'll get to that yeah. <laughs> oh my god i didn't need a birdman ending thanks fucking darren dick yeah um but yeah it's it's to, yeah she it seems like it's it's developing something of, of her you know we we understand why obviously after this moment yeah uh we, we actually we we paused the movie and we're like so like that that's so we thought it was really interesting like mm-hmm. so does she even like you know how much does she even care for Charlie or how much of this is guilt and obligation and yada yada? And we thought we were going to get into this, and then it's that's basically the end of that story to me. Yep. That, that we don't develop this anymore. I think this. that's okay. Yeah. The way I see the movie, I, I think it's okay. That's that's realistic in a way that I don't want movies to be. Realistic. <laughs> that's that's how real life works, not yeah. how movies work. I know. That's. I think that's why I like that. Because it's, mm. it's not the you hate life. The closure. No, it is life. I love life. Yeah. That's why this is life. You know, except for the last forty-five seconds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the pizza guy comes over after Liz leaves, and it's awkward. It's much different than the first time we see Liz hanging out with Charlie. Um, and the pizza delivery guy introduces himself, which, as someone who has been recognized in a drive-through restaurant, oh, wait, sorry. I is feel very connected leaves? to. Is this yeah. when Liz leaves and says, like, actually, I have another night shift? Yeah. I have to go? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, very, like, she can't stand to be there. Like, very clear, she can't stand to be there. She knows she's not in the right place in his right. mind. Yeah. Because right. I think she she wasn't really that straightforward with Charlie. And that's something that I think happens, right? This is the first time someone's honest with Charlie. Or someone's honest about Charlie that Charlie sees happen. Mm. Uh, I think everyone else kind of tiptoes until that moment. And then Ellie does it later. She does it kind of like, you don't believe she's doing it until later on. And then oh, Mary Ellie's does it, doing it hardcore. Doing it initially, but it's clear that it's like just to be mean. Yeah. And people who are trying to be nice, Thomas and Liz are not doing that. Yeah. Mary she, was she nice too. She says to him, like, you're going to die, but it's in a way, like, I need you, I want you to go to the hospital, not right. like, right. just, not like it's over. You can't really do anything now. Yeah. Um, so, religion has affected this group a lot. Then the pizza guy comes over, introduces himself, and like I said, I've been recognized in a drive through establishment, and that's when I felt the worst. <laughs> I, like, drove up to a Vizzoli's. And I ordered, and they're like, oh, hey, it's you. I was like, oh, God, no. Not a, not a Fizzoli's. I know, I know. It was wild. It was college, you know. It's whatever. The uh, little sidebar uh, from the Amazon X-Ray Facts, that, yeah. uh, that restaurant is a real restaurant in that little town. That's sick. Cute. So it's probably the actual spot where someone got fat. Uh, so the pizza guy del- introduces himself. He's Dan. And char- the, I, I like the use of the window. We start noticing the window where you can see people coming up to um, the apartment. And you realize that's the only way you can find out. Like, that's you look a little bit, and that's it. That's all you can see. Um, Another, a really good, like, thematic, like, cinematography thing. Yeah. You feel the – it gets sadder and sadder as people walk past that and window. And one time it's used – it's when Ellie is talking to Thomas, and you see someone walking by behind Ellie. Uh, towards the end of the movie and I was like oh like you know some shit's about to go down um, so he reads the notebook that Ellie left and she wrote a haiku For I mean it's all fucked up stuff but he realized it's a haiku 
And I don't know if it was on purpose. I don't think it was. It was oh no, it was yeah. absolutely on purpose. Oh, you think that, so? Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. so. That was that Just was to one fuck of with my them? favorite. That was one of my favorite moments in the movie is when I right, read it and I realized it was a haiku. Uh, yeah. and it just shows that she like thought was thinking. Okay. Oh, okay. So she's starting to get of Ellie in the yeah. entire movie. It was. Um yeah. and no, that he was almost great. I was laughing with him when he was laughing uh, yeah. when he realized that it was a haiku. He laughed so hard he had another heart attack and almost died. Yeah. And then he started wrapping in this writing to the essay that he reads. Uh, the reason the, the Moby Dick one is the best essay he's ever read. That's what he says to everybody who reads it to him. Um, and he wants, it, he wants to hear it when he dies. He wants that to be the last thing he hears. Um, so he's wrapping that into the essay. And um, I thought that was interesting because it was like, oh, he's bringing something about Ellie into that. That's cool. Um and then we get to Thursday. Thursday. Uh, so he's writing essays for Ellie and he's finishing them. Um, and you're like, damn, he's just, she's just walking all over him. Like she's fucking owning this dude. Five page essays. Uh, and Charlie doesn't feel worry, uh, worthy of being a part of Ellie's life. He, he, he doesn't understand why anyone would want someone like him in their life. And I think that was an interesting revelation for Ellie to hear and for us to hear. Um, and then we, I, this is where I kind of started to plot these characters in different spots. I think that Ellie is chaotic evil. Um, and the reason is after this, we find out she makes a turkey sandwich and puts crushed up Ambien in it to put him to sleep, to put Charlie to sleep. And she's like, just smoking pot around him and checking all the shit. Um, and I think Liz is chaotic good. Um, because of a certain, you know, we had the interaction on the porch and that to me was more chaotic good than anything. We don't know who Thomas is now. Uh, Thomas comes back to the door and he tells he, Sadie makes him take a hit of his pipe of her pipe for weed. And we find out he was like a heavy weed smoker back in Iowa. And she takes a picture. What else is there to do? I mean, have you been to Iowa? Uh, and we find out that Thomas isn't part of the church because she looks up that the church doesn't do door to door visits anymore and then he comes out and says he was a part of a group and stole some money because they weren't doing it the way he thought he did, they should and now he doesn't think he can go back to Iowa and he's almost out of money and all this stuff and but he thinks that God brought him to Charlie when he was dying for a reason and then he finds a Bible in what turns out to be Alan and Charlie's room I think um, it's kept locked and it's in this pristine condition exactly the way it was probably when they were last together and there's a Bible that has Alan's name in it. And we see Thomas take it after he looks through and sees that stuff is highlighted. And there's a portion about um, the body and leaving the body when you die that is like highlighted. So they're all outcasted now. That's what I find out about all these characters. Liz is outcasted because of the religion. Thomas is outcasted now. Ellie's an outcast in high school. Charlie's an outcast because of his weight and his orientation sexual orientation um liz shows up with mary who is ellie's mom and charlie's ex and finds charlie passed out with all these people in the house and just loses it and have everybody sit down and gets charlie back up and going and um just freaking out on everybody um and then charlie and mary and ellie start talking about money 
and we we already knew this, but we're we're revealed that now Mary knows this, that Charlie has one hundred twenty thousand dollars set aside for Ellie. And this is after you know we've seen his house, we've seen how he lives, like it's bare bones, rough, like yeah, rough spot. You know, he could use the money, and um, well, and he, money is always the reason he cites for why he can't go to the doctor, he can't go yes. get medical help, he can't lose the weight because he can't afford it. Um, and Liz finds this out and loses it. Like she talks about having to walk through snow because her truck broke down and he's like, I offered to pay. And she's like, I thought you had $700, um, and leaves. And then we see Charlie and his ex, um, hang out. Ellie tells him to die already when he, when she leaves. Um, so now it's just Charlie and his ex, uh, Mary, uh, Mary's, Mary walks to the cabinet, right? And we find out, like, they talk about once a month, but Charlie never asks about Mary. And Mary says, do you have any? And Charlie immediately knows he's talk she's talking about booze. And she tells him right where to go to find it, and she just pours a drink right away. And, you know, it's straight vodka, no ice, nothing. Like, she's a she's an alcoholic that we've... I think we knew that already. Yeah, like, yeah. Ellie told us. This is, this is one line. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, she said, um, she said she's happy when she drinks. Yep. Um. So he doesn't feel like he can undo what he did, and he doesn't want the money to go to anybody but Ellie. So that's where his decision is that Nate talked about the decision he made before that we see the movie that he's gonna die, and he's gonna give all this money to Ellie. And this is the week that he thinks he's gonna die. I think. So he's trying to tie off all the ends he can, and the only one he cares about is Ellie. He he kind of talks to the other people, but the only one he really cares about is Ellie as we can see the way he lives to keep the money for her. Um, Ellie, he doesn't it, think he can undo what Ellie's done. Yeah. It, it, this is where it starts to get really rough for me, like empathizing with his perspective. Like before this, he, he's, he's a very sympathetic character. He's, you know, again, the movie is, is going on its way to make you like, feel bad for him and he's obviously very likable and it feels like he's in a very like inescapable situation yep uh you know however he ended up like this way he's he's in this situation and he's gonna die and he's accepting it and this is where you really learn that like he's kind of orchestrating part of it mm -hmm. and he's making these conscious decisions yeah. Uh, you know, like Liz just wants him to be around and she's been, she's been working her ass off for however many years to keep him alive and, and, and be with him. And yep. she's finding out that he's just been like completely con like concealing this from her. Yeah. It's, it's and, the honest moment for him. Yeah. And like, yeah, with her. he could have been in, he could have been in state in Ellie's life. And instead, it's just like focusing on this like end goal. Yep. It got, it got a lot less sympathetic for me. Uh, I think it was on purpose. Yeah, I think that was yeah. um, a good honesty reveal. Like honesty is crescendoing. And we see that yeah. come into like literal sense when he email blasts the whole. So Mary and him chat, have a fight. She leaves. Seems so weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I they I reconnect. The and... between... I, I loved the scene with Mary. Yeah, I, I really. Think I, it's so I think that's one of the best scenes in the show. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you've ever like, you know, talked to an ex, 
like that that shared history and that like reconnect but like they they kind of like go to a place for a little bit and then realize again what's going on i need to know that i have done one thing right with my life they, they go they go back and forth so quickly from so easily yeah, yeah. and from just okay yeah that's the time so it's, such, it's so re it reads so real to me yeah yeah, yeah it was a really good performance on both sides there yeah. yeah um so then mary leaves and charlie goes on a binge like a crazy binge um he writes to his students just to be honest just be fucking honest like very brash and not what he has acted like on any of the interactions we've seen with his students throws the computer um oh no that's later never mind <laughs> he he uh he um binge eats everything he has like orders more pizza from dan and dan state like he sees dan leave but then dan's still on the stairs and charlie wheels up to the door opens it and he this is the first time dan sees him and dan acts like disgusted and runs away and Charlie feels even worse now. So he piles the pizza on top of each other and is eating it and puts turkey on it and ranch dressing and smashes that and pukes in the middle of it and then keeps eating and crying. And then um, That's Thomas the comes back. Dan. Right. That is the last Not every Dan. character has to be developed, but I was a little sad. Yeah. <laughs> and then Thomas comes back with Alan's Bible. And this is Thomas's honest moment towards Charlie. So now everyone's had it. Ellie told him to die. Mary had something at the end of what she was talking about. Liz was honest from him. Um, that's, I think, why that was the hardest one for him. And now Thomas comes back and tells him that his love with Alan was an abomination. And then Charlie, like, wheels after him because he finally feels, like, some independence and some power. Wheels towards him and puts him in his place and, like, goes after him about religion. And he still says Sorry. Sorry. I thought yeah, was, I thought that was really interesting. After he he shut him down, that he, he said sorry. Yeah, yeah, because that's an interesting scene. For, so so Thomas is an interesting character, I think, because he's, you know, first you think he's you know goody two shoes missionary, mm -hmm. and you find out okay, you know he's, you know, former pothead, you know, maybe got in trouble. It kind of sounded like with for other things, whatever. But you know, uh, and then he stole this money, but he is for all that he is he's through and through deeply deeply religious he is 100 percent in on the church of life or whatever they're called yeah and and when he gets that um because he comes back and he says hey everything's great because your daughter uh took pictures of me and and recordings of me smoking and admitting that i stole this money and doing this and looked up my church and sent it to my church and then sent it to my parents and they reached out to me and said hey everything is fine it's just money you can come back and so he's he has this like catharsis and everything all of his troubles are over um but in that he thinks like it's a sign like oh i can i can save this guy too but at the end of the day he goes to him and he says hey like it's great there's nothing to worry about um but you're you know the reason your boyfriend is dead is because god hated him for being gay mm -hmm. but and he's so like almost cheerful when he when he's explaining this because he's like, like 
Oh, like I, I solved it. Yeah. yeah. I thought we both knew this already. Yeah. So I don't. It was just. It was just weird. It's just bizarre to me to see that. Like, and he's he's like so excited to tell him. Yeah. Well, I think he believed Alan believed it, and he believed Alan would have told Charlie. Like they would have all like been known about it ahead of time. I think. Yeah, that is really unpleasant. Honestly, yeah, yeah like harsh. watching that. Uh, like you, you saw it coming just before it, just before it happened. It was just. Yeah. yeah. The, the final confrontation there was not not pleasant. Yep. But then, but then before before that, he's caught up. Uh, Charlie's caught up in the fact because he's like, my my daughter did that. She, uh, Ellie tracked down your church, and then and then uh, you know and, and sent this to your parents and found your parents. And and Thomas, it's it's secondary to Thomas. You know, he's he's there to tell him all about how he can be saved, and he just brushes it off and he goes, I I don't know if she was trying to. To help me or hurt me, but mm-hmm. it ended up helping me. And but and but Charlie latches onto that. That I don't know if it can help me or hurt me. Just like with a haiku, yeah. it could have been an accident by her. You know what I mean? And he just immediately went to the most positive telling of that story. Same thing with Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. The, this part I read is him very much reading into it, and it was like that one of the saddest moments in the movie. Yeah. When he was just saying to himself over and over, like she. She wasn't trying to hurt. She was trying to help. I can't remember. He kept repeating something specifically about how she was, uh, she wouldn't do that. She was trying to, to, you know, save him or something. Yeah. It's when, um, uh, he sat next to Liz and Liz realized he's dying because he's having yeah. like these mental stuff. Isn't like connecting. Right. Yeah. yeah he's, she, she, she he becomes delusional. Notices. Yeah. Yep. And he's so, just talking to himself. That's yeah. Yeah. That brings us to Friday, which is, the last day we find out. Well, your complaints have been heard. They've been replaced by someone who will no doubt have you rewrite and rewrite and rewrite, be more objective, less authentic, less you with every draft. Um, and this is where he starts off being honest with his class and he talks to him about how he asked for honesty and he's now being replaced. We find out. So he's lost his spot here as a teacher. It sounds like, um, well, it, and he, it, it, it sounds like he lost his job because yeah. he, he sent that angry email, yep. not angry, but you know, yeah, just be uh, fucking intense. Swear word. Yeah. He did yeah. use a swear word. You can't so he, say the fuck word at school, not a community college pay for college. You can say that. <laughs> so then he plugs in, uh, webcam and he like pans up and down his body and like you see everything about him and he shows the room and he says i should be honest with you and you could see people like recording it and like all this stuff like he's a sideshow and i think that's the problem for me is yeah there are people laughing yeah he's treated i think in this movie obese his his character is either treated as like a sideshow or the most genuine human on earth and that was see that's a tough i, I still forth. i but i don't i don't think that's i don't think that's like problematic of the movie. I think the movie is showing how a classroom full of students would react. Some of them would laugh. Some of them would pull out the I, camera. And, 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 you know, because, because some of them looked like they were genuinely concerned, you know, there, there was all ranges of, and it could be, uh, you know, it, it could be worse seeing his experience because maybe he's focusing on those more and he's hearing that more and he's, that could be. I don't think that one particular scene, I, I, I think you're right that it's showing how, how people would react. It's, yeah. it's, 
not that. I, 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 I'm talking about like directorial choices, like we said, to like turn up the volume when he's eating. Yeah. To focus in on on stuff like that. That 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 is more trying to show, like trying to get a visceral reaction out of you. It's like the it. antithesis of Requiem for a Dream. Like I think Requiem for a Dream, like wasn't over the top with noises it was over the top with like the ends that they went you know what i mean like the with the, the problem, consequences the problem yeah like the problem with the last scene of the movie isn't the fact that like the noises that are happening are too loud it's a lot of squelching it's, yeah <laughs> that, that like the the position you've been put in because of your choices are so bad whereas this one is yeah i think it's more like it's not the position you've been put in because your choices are bad. It's the comical noises we're going to use to exaggerate that situation for you. And I think there was probably a first run of this movie where it wasn't so loud and some weird test audience saw it and was like, nah, we should make that louder. So that's rough. I'd be interested to know like that choice, if that was made on set or not and how that was done. But anyway, so yeah, it's Friday. He's honest with his class. And then Liz comes over, starts to realize he's dying. Do you ever get the feeling that people are incapable of not caring. People are amazing. Where they kind of reference Alan. And we start to put together, at least I thought, could be wrong, Alan is Liz's brother? Yeah, that was okay. that was plainly Wait, stated. That was stated before. Okay, now I was just making sure I didn't miss it. What? She, when she's talking to when she's talking to Thomas, the when she has a little talk, she she explicitly is like, "That's my brother." I didn't think she was talking about Charlie's boy, Charlie's boyfriend then. Yeah, she was. Yeah, I thought it was a she different said, story about just her brother. She said, "The love of his life, my brother." Oh, I yeah. That part. I was taking it's notes. Very, yeah, it's very explicit. I must have missed that. All right, well, it was a fun we surprise for me. I got a really yeah. good. <laughs> no, I did. Actual statement. I did, yeah, because I was like, "This is building really well," and I thought it was a big reveal. At the end, I was like, "This is sick." Oh, that was awesome. It, I mean, it, it was a big reveal on it's... Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> that is really it for a lot of this movie. Like again, like everything, everyone's everyone's dialogue outside of Charlie. I'm like, I. I didn't want to be like, oh yeah, we saw it coming, but like, yeah, we were like, uh, that's that's her brother, right? Yeah. Like before yeah. before she revealed it on Wednesday, right? We were right. like, that, that's her brother, right? Like the essay, we we're like, that that that's his daughter's essay, right? Like, I didn't think I thought it was Alan's. It's not subtle. I thought it was his. Yeah, I thought it was Alan's. Oh, you thought oh, it was Charlie's? No, we thought it was his. We thought it was his daughter's the whole time. No, Jake, did you think I, it was Charlie's? I, I thought it was Charlie's. I yeah. thought it was something he had written. Not not the very first time. The very first time when. He had Thomas read it when, yeah. you know, in, the, in like one of the first scenes. I thought it was just a, a random one he got from his class. Mm. And, and it was to, like, like calm a, down by grading. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was like an anxiety coping thing is OK, you know. But then but I then after it kept getting referenced, I thought it was day. his. But the, having read the, the, the pitch of this movie that like a man tries to reconnect with his child, like halfway through uh, the yeah. time he read it, I was like, OK, that's his kid's essay. Like, oh, I didn't know. It's clearly written by a child. Oh, I thought it was Alan's. Because they talked about like finding two men in a bed together, and that's why I thought that's why I related to Alan right away. 
Because mm. that's the only thing we know about his relationship at that point. Because we already know he's into gay porn. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Friday. Alan loses his brother. I find out on Friday. You all found out on Wednesday. <laughs> Ellie wrote. <laughs> yeah. And then we find out that um, Ellie comes back and Liz is upset and he says, no, 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 I want to talk to her alone. So Liz goes outside and Ellie says, what the fuck was this? You gave me this essay. And he's like, yeah, it's the best one I've ever written or I've ever read. And you're kind of like, oh. And then she reads it and it's the Moby Dick essay. And he thinks it's funny because she didn't read it. And it was like the most teacher move you could have ever done is like give your kid an essay you said you wrote for them and then they didn't read it and turn it in. Like that's a great little poke at the end that that seemed uh for, for the record i i didn't like the writing there um I, I i don't believe that she would take it and hand it in without reading it i do i don't i don't believe that she would look at it and like not recommend it. i don't know it's weird or maybe like the, the first uh, page was I real agree with Jake. I, this that this whole like climax felt very forced to me yes yeah. that's, that's my overall overarching I think the last minute was forced. Um, so Ellie I'm, wrote, I'm curious why you think that because I think I know why you think that and I'm okay. ready to argue against it. All right. So Ellie against. wrote the Moby Dick essay. She starts reading it. He starts having another moment and Ellie's freaking out. She's in the same spot she was when she told him to get up fat ass and walk over here if you want me to stay. And now she's trying to stay, make him leave and like get an ambulance. But he's like refusing the ambulance and he just wants her to read the essay. Like, that's all he wants is for her to read the essay. And she opens the door to leave. She turns around and starts reading the essay. And he starts, like, crying and wheezing and heaving. And then he has this, like, determination to get up. And he, like, leans up and he misses and he gets it. And he's walking forward. And you can see his feet. And it switches over to this moment where he talks about the most fun he had was at the beach with her. And then he switches back and he's still walking over. And she's reading the essay. And then his feet lift off the ground. That's where he lost me. And it like flashes white and he's like floating. That was the only part I didn't like. It was a very bird man. It was like him. Like he was like looking up like this and like floating up. So like that part, but everything else up to that moment was really good. I thought I, I don't think he got up out of the chair. Oh, I think he died in the chair and the visual of him getting up and walking over there because the, the framing of that, she's, she's at the door. The door is open. And you can barely see her. He's because it's so bright out. He's walking toward the light. Oh. So I think I, mean, I think she he was he, he was imminently dying. Mm-hmm. She t- she turns around and sees he's it's it's too late. Ambulance isn't going to help at this point. He's dying. So he she starts even. reading the essay. Oh. Yeah, he right. might even and and he's already you know he's already no longer thinking clearly. Yeah. True. Um. So I think I think he's died right there in that chair and then him getting up and walking toward the light. And and for him, the light was not just the literal light, but also uh, Ellie and Ellie reading the essay. That's just him dying. But the whole time, I think he was still sitting in that chair. Gotcha. Like and then that, that also, you know, he also didn't literally yeah, yeah. float up and ascend to heaven or Thomas was right all along. Rapture. <laughs> That moment. <laughs> well, we we uh, that's, we we hated that scene for very different reasons, Ben. Oh, why'd you hate it? Was, uh, cause fuck him. 
So. Oh yeah. <laughs> because I got over that already. Because he abandoned his daughter at age eight, yep. and then a week before he died, decided to reach out to her, yep. and then, you know, fine. Like he's trying to, he wants to like not leave that undone. That's very sympathetic until the very end, when he's pretty much just trying to, to me, trying to feel better about himself. But really, the really the worst thing is, as he's dying, if we take the scene where he is dying and he's like, read me the essay, that's fucked. Like, he's making his daughter stay and watch him die and read him that essay. Fuck that. Yeah. Like, again, we, we, we really, we, uh, Taylor and I were talking about it because I, I told her this, like, I, we, the movie ended and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> From his perspective, that's really inspiring and satisfying like yeah. if you're if you're watching from his perspective like he's like he's telling her she's beautiful from his perspective and he's saying like this is the most important thing to me mm-hmm. but if you look at it from her perspective like say he actually got up and walked regardless yeah. he fell on in her. front of her cut to her yeah fuck that he was like let me bring you in a week before i die and re-traumatize you for the yeah. rest of your life. Well, I fucking that's, hated that. I See, expected I, that. I, I agree with you on that point because as soon as the movie ended, that was my thought was like, geez, she's going to be fucked up from this. She already is. Yeah. She just, you she's know. already fucked up and he's like, let me just layer it on. I, I think I already accepted that he was that person. Like every interaction he has with Ellie is selfish. I'm going to give you this money so I feel good about myself and what I did. I left you. I don't. Because to, to I, somebody else, I didn't care about you. It, it didn't hit me until until the end. I got you. I I still disagree with that. But not I, selfish. Okay. I don't. I I still don't. Yeah. And his his last act was selfish. His yeah. literally having her sit there and read the essay was selfish. But I don't think I don't think him leaving for a uh, a man was selfish. I think his actions post that were selfish. No, well, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, because so here's how I see his character. He's you know he had this life. He was. You know, for whatever reason, I don't know. I we, we're not going to speculate about his life before, but so he meets this this guy, falls in love, mm-hmm. and he does. He he abandons his his family, his wife and his daughter, to be with this guy. This guy dies. He falls into a depression, and then he eats himself to the point where he can't can't even leave the house. Right? Can't even move around. And I think he genuinely has remorse and regret. And the only thing that he can think of to do is I have to set up my daughter with money. I have to set her up for a future. That's the only, cause he says the only, the only good thing in my life that I ever did was you. So he's, he needs, he needs her to be the only good thing in his life. But earlier he says, I need to have one good thing. I need to know I did one good thing on this earth. That's what he like cries at Mary. Yeah, he talks about her, uh, Ellie being a piece of shit, and and, and she's she's the same way because uh-huh. she's she's a far gone alcoholic, and she and she says you she goes I raised her, you got her the money, we did the best we could. She knows she's not a good mom, yeah. and he's not a good dad, and the kids fucked up, but. What I'm saying is his the only he doesn't want to help Ellie for Ellie. He wants to help Ellie for him. He wants to feel resolved for what he did to her. He doesn't care how he does it. He doesn't want to hear how Ellie wants to do it. 
this is how he's doing it. I think that's why it was like yeah, I didn't. I, mean, I saw that, it selfish that, the whole time. To me, like everyone, everyone in that room again is saying, "Go to the hospital, like spend the money and live." Yeah. And he's just like result. He's he said like, "No, this is how I'm doing it." Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's 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 decided. He's too de- he's too depressed to see that as an option. Right. He doesn't he doesn't see it as an option that oh I can you know go to the doctor lose the weight turn my life around reconnect with my family. That's not a possibility in his mind. So whenever someone suggests to go to the hospital, for him, he's like, that's a waste of money. That just prolongs my death yep. and wastes this money that's for my daughter. Uh-huh. So I don't know. I, I'd almost argue yes. that it's moot whether he whether the he wants to help his daughter for him or for her. Sure. Yeah. That, that part um, is more, it, it's a little sympathetic to me. I can see that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I, I still hold the last the last scene in the movie is horrifying. That that I agree. Literally, my first thought when the screen went black was like, "Oh my god, that must have been terrible for her." Well, Mm -hmm. also, I didn't, uh, you know, because at at first I thought he was literally walking, and I'm like, "Oh, he's gonna." I it's it's I mean it's a little funny, but it's it's a non-trivial risk. He's he's when he dies, he's going to possibly fall and crush her. Yeah. Like and and even well, if I he think doesn't, the door like, stop him. Well, she like there were either get to the door and then just st- get stuck, and then she would fall through the other side of the open door. Was she? I thought she was just inside. She was just inside the door. But the door was open, so she could have like fallen back, and he would. I'm saying he would have gotten stuck by the door, like in the door frame. All right, calm down. I think, well, I think they made me take out this. the door frame. They made me think of this. All right, but um. It's- Overall, I I definitely had sympathy for him as a character. Mm-hmm. I had sympathy for the mom as a character. Yep. Obviously, they, you know, you know, not good parents. They messed up. They're yeah, still it's, messed it's, up. But, but did you feel imaginable regret, like and remorse? But how sure. did you feel about her alcoholism? What do you mean? How did you feel about her alcoholism? Were you were you sympathetic I mean, towards that, or were you like, she's a drinker? I mean, I, I think she's probably a shitty person and a shitty mom, and it's a lot of it has to do with the fact that she's an alcoholic, but... Do you think the same thing about Charlie? She's self-aware. Uh, yeah, so... He's a piece of shit because he I, got fat, because that's his fault? I had this I had this brought up to me from someone else, Then and, you know, they asked, okay, do you think he, like, committed suicide? Mm. Mm. And I said... No, I don't think he committed suicide by eating himself to death. I think he ate himself to death out of depression, but then he he was self-aware of it. He knew he was eating himself to death and he didn't care. Yep. So it's a it's a subtle distinction to be sure, but I I think he just yeah, he was eating himself to death and then he made this plan to use that death to justify his all of his regret and mistakes in life by being able to pass on this money to his daughter mm-hmm. and that's also why he everything his daughter does is perfect to him yep. yeah i don't think we touched on that he uh when he was in his delusions he kept saying that uh he was telling liz uh that 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 ellie did it on purpose and she's she like what are you him. talking about she, she did, did it on him. purpose she did yeah. it to help him and he meant that she sent those photos to the church to help out Thomas because she somehow knew that everything would be fine for him. 
which I, I yeah, I, I think we you touched on this right at the start, but I don't think any of us here buy that. I think she did it, to, one, to fuck with Thomas, and two, if anything, to keep Thomas here. Because I think she enjoyed Thomas's company as a friend slash victim. Yeah. And then, and so, and she thought, oh, if I send this stuff to his church and his parents, he's stuck here. Yeah. Um, also, I, I think uh, Charlie's, Charlie's like inability to see her as anything but perfect because she hands in that essay that he wrote and she failed it. And so his co constantly talking about this is the best essay I've ever written. She hands it into another professor flunks but it was like it. no it was the it was ellie's writing it was ellie's eighth grade essay no no we're, we're yeah yes yes so so i'm from the yeah. first time he read it i was like fuck that That's oh i get it but it was her, she was yeah. like eighth like eight years old when she wrote wasn't she, she? was in eighth grade yeah yeah but so that's not, you're turning it into a high school teacher of course you're not gonna get your grade <sighs> I'm, could you? I, you I think you would take? I do take that he's romanticizing that, that but, fucking essay. But do you think that you could turn in a high school essay and an eighth grade no, a, saying, a, an essay saying you wrote? He's in eighth grade. romanticizing that essay like he. Oh thinks sure. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the best thing he's ever read. It's, sure. It fucking sucks. It was bad. It's a bad essay. Yeah, again, I thought and, it was because she wrote it, and yeah. because yeah, she was and he's also romanticizing it because he he sees himself as the whale, you know, the monster. The sadness you don't want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. That was, say, yeah, that he see, skipped. It, it, knowing, knowing that it was from the beginning, thinking that it was from written by his <laughs> child before we even met her mm -hmm. and realized how old she was. I thought it was explicitly about him. Mm. And I thought that's why mm. he was reflecting on it. And I don't think that's actually the case, which is another thing where I just feel like it falls short of what I was expecting. Yeah. Cause she's, she's not old enough to like put those things together when she wrote this. Essay Cause it's grade. real life, Nate. Yeah, whatever. So I, if I do I have, think a, what go ahead. you were saying though, Ben, when you were trying to to, to trap us into saying that alcohol, alcoholism is someone's fault, is that it's a disease, uh, and I I think that's a, the, an issue that I, I I still think is an issue with this movie is no, I, I don't blame her for being an alcoholic. Alcoholism is a disease. Yeah, and I don't like. And one, like, yeah, you, I don't blame people for being obese, but also I, I think that this movie is like basically, yes, it's a real problem in his life, but it's clearly thematically using his like obesity as a metaphor for depression. Yeah. It's kind of fucked. Yeah. I, well, I, I think, still don't think it is. I think he happens to be obese. Uh. I think I think this movie and the points in it stand uh, separate from that. <laughs> I, th I, I think he just worked just as well aside from some plot points. If he wasn't obese, like he has enough problems in his life. Yeah, you, I agree. And so I think I think he just I happens think to be obese. A visual, I think it's absolutely supposed to be a visual metaphor for him being for him being depressed. Every time he it's spirals, it, he eats like it's and we're supposed to yeah, because, and think it's bad. Well, him being, I, I think they're saying, and the reason that the, that like all of his, you know, like the issues with like all his disgusting eating and the sounds 
his issue is the binge eating. That's how he deals with his emotions and his depression. And as a result of that, he's obese. So I, I think if anything, they're, you know, they're talking about his, his binge personality, but the fact that he's obese, cause even like his daughter calls him disgusting, but later she clarifies, you're not disgusting because of how you're, you are, you, you like how you look, you're disgusting because you left us when I was eight. Yeah, I know that, that to me, that, that's, that's still like the part where I feel like it's setting you up and then trying to make you feel bad for, for, for make, drawing that connection. Like it, it's, it's clearly that line is supposed to be cleverly saying, oh, you thought that I said you were disgusting because you're fat, but actually I think you're disgusting because of this. But it's clearly yeah. saying you, the audience member, thought he was disgusting because he was fat because that's how you should feel. That's, I, it's, it's both, again, it's, it's trying to, it's saying you should feel bad about it, but it's also taking it as a premise that you think that. And if you, if you, like, step back and are like, like, don't immediately think that it's like reject like like that his obesity is like makes him a bad person then it's rings is kind of hollow see i mean I, I i i get i agree with that viewpoint but i would also say i didn't feel that from the movie i i don't think the movie villainized or demonized him being morbidly obese uh, I think the movie, I think overall it did a really good job with that. Um, the binge, the binge eating scene was a bit overdone. I mean, dumping ranch on the, you know, I don't know. That seemed a bit, uh, a sandwich out of chips, I think. Yeah. You know, that, that it was a bit overdone there, but I don't yeah. think, uh, I don't think that overall it did a bad job with. You know, I don't I don't think there was any sort of implication that he was bad because he was fat or that. I don't know. I, I, I didn't feel any like shaming from the movie on that regard. I think that Liz shamed him and she's she's in a very empathetic position because she saw her brother die. Because Liz, Liz brother. also shamed him because she's a medical professional. Yeah. I feel like yeah, her. I think Mary is, too. Oh, oh yeah. was she? I mean, because she says, know. "Let me hear," and he goes, "Oh yeah, come here." Oh sure. And he asks, "How is it?" She's yeah, like, oh. that was, I, I was wondering about. I, I did think is she a nurse? I remember yeah. thinking. Yeah. But no, but 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 with with Liz again, it's a thing. It's it's hard because there, obviously, is a point. Like he's obviously at a point where it is threatening his life, but I, I think that there is also because of the culture that we live in that like demonizes like fatness not just like congestive heart failure level obesity but fatness and where medical professionals would tell you if you're a little overweight that you need to lose weight that like it's of course the medical professional is going to take that position mm -hmm. yeah and, and, and I'm just saying, like our our understand our pop culture understanding of of like fatness does not meet does not actually line up with like reality. Sure, that's fair. Um, would you recommend this movie to other people? I I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I think it was 
So on all fronts, yes. I think, I th of, of course, the acting was, you know, phenomenal. just, yeah, phenomenal. Even even Brendan Fraser aside, um, Liz, can't remember her name. Uh, Hung Chow. Hung Chow. Hung Chow killed it. Probably second best performance in this movie. Yep. Uh, and Mary. Uh, she wasn't on screen for a long time. But, uh, yeah, that was another one where I was like, wow, that, that's really good. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, I enjoy, cause, you know, I like plays a lot. So I, I think the fact that this movie was a play, I think that appealed to me. Yeah, same. I would highly recommend it as a character. Like if you want, if you want a good character, pretty good dialogue, watch this movie. Plot, it's fine. It's gonna go somewhere. You know, it's an A twenty four actor, good actor movie. If you like that, go for it. All right. I mean, yeah, I'd say I no. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Yeah, it's it's not just like the whatever complaints. I I felt by the end I was not satisfied. Mm -hmm. uh, again, I I thought Brendan Fraser was really good. I, I thought a lot of the actors were really good, but everything except for Charlie's arc I felt was left hanging. Weird. It's like Charlie died and everyone else is still alive. Huh. Yeah. What a metaphor. Oh yeah, you you can appreciate you can be a masochist film watcher, but I'm not like. <laughs> I don't yep. I didn't enjoy that. I have that set, you know, because I, you know, he, in Charlie's mind, his daughter's brilliant and amazing and kind. And she did this, you know, she reached out and did this for Thomas. She and for she's going to, she's going to turn things around at school and she's going to have this money and do good. And, I, I I don't agree with him. I no, I don't know what she's gonna do. Therapy and not get it. That's what <laughs> she's gonna do. Yeah, she's yeah. I mean, even that aside, even that last scene aside, uh, I think he dies. She gets the money, and uh, I I mean I I don't agree fully with the mom. The mom says what she's gonna spend it on face tattoos and yeah. something else. I can't remember yeah. what drugs. But it's not gonna go. We already saw that. We already saw kids spend money and run out of it. Like, yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, what would you drink with this movie? To me, this movie's um, you need. This is like a glass of scotch movie. Mm. Yeah, you, whatever you, Mary was drinking. Straight vodka. I don't think she's. I don't think Straight she's vodka. picky. Straight vodka. Yeah. I put diet coke. Seems like a diet coke crowd. <laughs> Ew. That. It was during one of his. I don't even think it was during a binge. I think it was just some random shot. He had a in bed with a two liter. In bed. Oh, that's been no, there not for probably. No, I want. It was like a gas station cup, oh, but it yeah. was like sixty four ounces or something. The giant. It was. It was. One. Uh. Yeah, it was a lot. Well, any other last thoughts on the wheel, there, folks? Oof. Oof. <sighs> Nothing I can think of. I think that that about covers it. I I hope that it reignites Brendan Fraser's career. Hundred percent. As should as a hater on early Brendan Fraser, <laughs> purely on the acting, not yeah. not on the on the movies rather. Rather yeah. than I, I I've come to love him, and I hope that he's this reignites his career. Hell yeah! I'm not entirely sure what he has done besides the mummy. 
George of the Jungle was big. George, George, uh, George of the Jungle. Watch out for that tree. Bada, bada. There were a couple other action movies. I can't think of them. I. It's so weird because I didn't like them. I did like that. I've learned his story. And also this movie and just hearing him talk like in interviews. I love him as a person. He's amazing. I didn't like any of his stuff. I was like specific. It's like Owen Wilson. Like I'm like, <laughs> I'll be like, he sucks. Wow. Like, now I, wow. Yeah, fuck that guy. Wow. But but uh yeah I hope wow. uh, I hope things continue to go well for Brennan Fraser. That's my takeaway. Me too. Agreed. Let's go, Brennan Fraser. Okay. Uh that was the whale. Now be able to rent or purchase on digital. Let's get to the game. Did it? So we're gonna play not prices right, wink. Uh I got some games that we're gonna play and they're gonna involve Nate and Jake. Nate Jake, how are ya? Well ready to play? I'm ready to win. Are you cutting this into a separate video? Why are you asking us? No, no, I'm just new game. Yeah, I feel like we need to. For hours, you do. You have to do a wellness check after a deep dive into the whale. Oh, so oh, one thing I forgot to tell you. So like, I got done watching the whale, right? And I'm like a little overweight. No, I'm I'm like 50 pounds overweight right now, 60 pounds. So I was. You're fine, Ben. I'd like. (laughs) Oh, thank you. But now I feel it's, like that's like Charlie. That, 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 that's it's a little when you're you know six foot nine. You're fine. Yeah, yeah, it's more spread out. You know, you got a lot of way. <laughs> so, um, my wife's driving home from work, and like we don't know what we're gonna have for dinner. And I just got done watching this movie, and she's like, "Do you want McDonald's?" And I was like, "No, I don't." You're like, I'll take I'll take two meatball subs and a bucket of chicken. <laughs> All right, let's hear the rules. Okay, game. Here's the here's the <laughs> not prices right not prices right game movie rules. Round one. We're gonna oh, go one round at a time. One round. One round at a time. Yeah. One round. Yeah. Bring back your energy. So I'm gonna have you both text me. All right, you're gonna text me five My movies. Phone is dead. I'm actually not joking. Okay, well, Jake will text me. I'll tell you when <laughs> you're done. And then, Nate, you'll I'll tell you me yours, and then I'll read Jake's. <laughs> so Jake's going to text me because um, <laughs> Nate's 48 years old and has a dead <laughs> cell phone. Has <laughs> your Nokia oh. out of battery? Um, so I forgot to charge it yesterday. I didn't have to charge it this off of my old phone. I hate this new phone. <laughs> um, you're going to give me five movies. To try to get as close to five billion dollars domestic or uh, worldwide release without going over any five movies, international and domestic together. Wait, when we give you our first answer, yep. or wait, are we doing all five at once? All five at once. I I don't have a basis. Uh huh. I, I don't need You can that, ask so me. Total Hold okay. on. You can ask me one movie how much you get for it. How much it is. Okay. Okay. We're just making All right. rules as we go along. That's fine. I, I, no, I think that's a good rule. That's, I right. think that's a good rule to give us a Jake, sense of scale. what's yours first? I was excited for zero basis. Jake, what's yours? Uh, give, let me know how much. Nate, get off the internet. I need, I I'm Googling I'm movies. Question. I'm going to establish a basis here. No, I want to know. Oh wait, hold on. Are you gonna adjust for inflation? No, I don't okay. think the website does. I'll let you know if it does. On this guess, seems unlikely. Actually, hang on. Let me check real quick. 
All right, do you want to go first or second, Jake? First, I got my. Okay. All right, I, I want to know. Okay, it's not Twilight. adjusted. Not adjusted. The first Twilight movie. Yeah. Okay. Twilight, two thousand eight. Uh, worldwide release, four hundred and eight million. Four hundred eight million. We're trying to get to five billion, right? Five as close to five billion without going over. All right. Avatar two. Okay. Uh, it's technically Avatar colon something. The Way of Avatar, Water. Go fuck yourself. Uh, 2.3 billion. Got it. Okay. All right. Jake's going to text me a list. When he's done, Nate, you're going to say your list out loud. And then I'll reveal what Jake's was. And then I'll do some math and we'll give you the winner for round one. I can't wait to watch Ben calculate this. We can't go over, correct? Correct. Price is right rules are in effect, even though this is not Price is right. Okay, Nate, what's yours? Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War, Avatar 1, Cocaine Bear, and Castaway. Let me read it back just to make sure I got it. Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War, Avatar, Cocaine Bear, Castaway. Yep. These were Jake's. Avatar 2, Way of Water. Titanic. Twilight. Lightyear. Battleship. <laughs> okay, so, <clears throat> after doing some math, we have our answers. You're both over. Yeah. <coughs> I have a tiebreaker, though. Don't worry. So, Avatar made $2.3 billion. Uh, sorry, Avatar 2. Avatar 2 made $2.3 billion. This is Jake's list. Titanic made $2.2 billion. Twilight oh, made, yeah. Twilight made $408 million. Lightyear made two twenty six, And Battleship made $303 million. Yeah. So you're at $5.5 billion. So close. Nate decided it was a good idea to pick three of the top five highest grossing movies of all time. So Avengers Endgame, two point seven. Wait, so Nate's billion. three of my or Nate's three went over my total. Oh yeah, he was done by the second one, I think. Third one. Yeah. I didn't think Avatar would be as high. Avengers Endgame, two point eight billion. Avengers Infinity War, two point zero billion. Avatar, two point nine billion. Cocaine Bears, seventy six million. Castaway, four twenty nine million. I should have so, put Cocaine Bear. Nate was at eight point two billion. All right, here's your tiebreaker, and Nate, Jake, you'll have to text me again. Uh, tiebreaker is what was in Bruges worldwide box office in millions so just give me a number that represents the millions so if it was 2 million you'd send me a 2 Trying to balance uh, being right with hurting Ben's feelings. <laughs> oh. All right, Jake's answer is in. Nate, what's your answer? One hundred and ten. One hundred and ten is what Nate says. Jake says one hundred and fifty. The correct answer was thirty-nine. Oh, thirty-nine million to worldwide. Yeah. So, so we need another tiebreaker. <laughs> no, I'm just going to give it to Nate. 
No. That's no. Yeah, because uh, if if you're gonna call that, then I should have won off the first round. For well, you should have put a dollar. That's what you should have. I'm done. way wronger than Jake, so I'm saying that that's <laughs> not acceptable. No, no, no. I'm saying like okay. I'm saying like that one. Okay, hang on. Ben, we're not accepting your answer, so just come up with another one off the top of <laughs> The tribe has okay. spoken. Hang on. The next tiebreaker will not be uh-huh. closest without going over. This, this is just flat out, out closest. Yep, flat out closest. All right. All right. One dollar. It's a movie that Nate thinks was rated too lowly and will not shut the fuck up about it. Iron Man 2. Oh. Closest in millions without going over. Iron Man. That was, oh, sorry. That closest. was tricky. Our closest in millions. Not gonna go over. Closest in millions. Okay. Iron Man 2. Doesn't matter if you go over or not. Just closest. All right. I have my answer. Okay. Jake just texted me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Nate. 850. Nate says 850. Jake says 150. Uh, the correct answer was six hundred and twenty-three million. Closer. Yeah, mm. they got I don't know. That's fine. Okay, it's, still a it's not fine. I know. That's what I was trying to weigh. Ah, uh, right, it's okay. What was Look. Iron Man one's box office? What was Hulk's box office? <laughs> Which one? The first, the first one. The worst one. The Iron shite Man one. Five eighty-five. I, I bet the first Hulk was over two hundred. Eric Bana. Yeah. 245. Suck it, Jake. <laughs> you deserve this loss. Okay. The next round is called Peel versus Peel versus Peel versus Peel. Which Jordan Peel movie made the most worldwide? Nope. Us. Get out. Keanu. Which one? Nope. Us. Get out. Keanu. Which one made more money? Jake, go ahead and text me your answer when you're ready. Nate, have yours ready after I get it from Jake. Yeah, I'm ready. And I have two tiebreakers for this one already figured out, so fuck you two. We're going to tie three times. I know you will. I'll find a third one then. All right. Jake's answer is in, Nate. Yeah, my answer is nope. Your answer is nope. Jake's answer was get out. The correct answer was us. (laughs) All right. Tiebreaker, who was second? I'll give you a hint. It was by $1 million. Wow. Well, are we sticking with our same guesses? It would make sense. It's your call, Jake. You, you're the texter. Okay. Jake's answer's in. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with no. And Jake's going with get out. And Jake is correct. Get out was second. Uh, Easy. Us made $256 million worldwide. Get out, 255 So, 1-1. One, one. Nate and Jake are tied. What, what, what was both more than Iron Man two? <laughs> then As nope. They should have. Then nope. Then uh, there's no question there. Iron Man two made seven hundred. I'm, I'm sad. Nope went lower. Yeah. I was. I, I was just hopeful that you know, I would even though put even those... though I like them. I liked us and Get Out better. I was hoping Nope would be higher in box office just for. I think uh, honestly, I think Nope didn't get as much buzz because it didn't really explicitly have to do with race. You also have to remember it's post COVID mm-hmm. box office too. Yes. That's fair. That's 171 fair. Mil- billion, million, million, million. Not bad. No. Um, okay. Here's your next one. I'm going to give you the five most expensive movies in chronological order. You have to put them in the order of least most to least expensive. 
So I'm going to give you five movies in chronological order. They are the five most expensive movies to make. I want you to give me the order most expensive to make to least expensive to make. Are you ready? Yes. And again, Jake, you'll text me and Nate, you can say yours. So have them like written down somewhere or whatever. How are you going to judge? Because obviously we're, we're not most we're not both going to get it. What? Most, most correct? What is yeah. Most correct? So if like if Jake the, gets three of them in the right I'm spot, the then he gets three. No, I want uh, Lee Squares. I don't know what that See, is. See, so so I th I think if I put... Gentlemen, this is a simple I, trivia game. I think if I put 2, 1, 4, Wait, 3, 5, yeah. that should technically be better. No, it's yeah, number, of the, number right, that are in the just, right spot. Shut up. That's, you make the game next time. Jake, I, I don't appreciate you not appreciating my joke. Lee Squares I didn't is hear really it. the right answer. I don't care. Least, yes, that's actually... <laughs> You're both the right the most square right now. That's All not right. even a joke. Here's the. I know. <laughs> All right, nerds. All right, Here right. they are. Number one, 2007, mm. Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. 2007. Nate, don't look this up. I know you're not, but I'm just reminding you not to. No, I'm just writing him down. I know. Number two, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, 2011. I hate that these are up there. You're about to hate the rest too. Uh, number three, Star Wars: The Force Awakens, twenty fifteen. Number four, Avengers: Age of Ultron, twenty fifteen. <laughs> and number five, Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker, twenty nineteen. Those are the five most expensive movies of all time. All of those were more expensive than the Avatars. <laughs> That's absurd. According to some list I saw. 2007 was... Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. At World's End. Yep. So Jake's going to text me his list in like order. I picture scenes in these movies and estimate What was the last uh, Star Wars one you said? Number five was Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, 2019. Original from most to least expensive. Correct. So the first one you give me is the most expensive movie. I should have gone with the guaranteed one all right, and just Jake's put the same for all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Jake's answer is in. Yeah, I put my answer in. Okay. My head. Well, how? Uh, okay. Okay. You told me the answer. I'll tell you if I was right. <laughs> yeah, what's, the, what's yours? Rise of Skywalker. Incorrect. Force Awakens. Incorrect. Age of Ultron. Incorrect. <laughs> World's End. Incorrect. Obviously not right on Stranger Tides. Right. Okay. Jake's is Stranger Tides 4? Wait, that was... Oh, no, wait, wait. Jake's answer no, is... Tides last. Jake's answer is Star Wars Rise of Skywalker 1. No. Star Wars Force Awakens 2. No. Avengers Age of Ultron 3. No. And... Pirates, Stranger Tides 4, no. But Pirates at World's End is number five. And he got Yeah! <laughs> so Jake wins. Suck it, Nick. The Nate. correct order is... Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait. <clears throat> Let me check. What do you mean check? Okay, go ahead. Okay, the correct order is Star Wars Force Awakens, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. That's disgusting. Uh -huh. Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. That was the correct answer. So Jake is up two to one. 
And with that in mind, we're going to go to the Showcase Showdown. I have pre-selected for each of you a night out at the Alamo Draft House. Awesome, right? Ooh. You get a movie ticket, a starter, a main course, and a drink. What you have to do is tell me how much that costs based on the Austin, Texas location uh, and the parameters that I give you without tip or tax. So you get to do the math. All, All right, right, I dig it. All right, let me get the menu up so I can read you the tasty choices I made for you. Jake, you're, <laughs> Jake, you're going to see John Wick Sweltering. 4. John Wick for the costume screening. So you get to dress up as your favorite John Wick character. Uh, this is a night movie, so it's normal prices. Um, while you're there, you're going to get a little hungry and go for some pickle fries. Mmm. Ooh, okay. Thin sliced, lightly breaded, fried golden, served with ranch. That's your starter. So your movie is John Wick Four, normal pricing, and your um, first course is pickle fries. Now you're gonna, you know, build up some hunger, and you see there's a special: Berber spiced wings, fried spicy wings, tossed in tangy Berber dry sauce, served with ranch and celery. And you think, hell yeah. Already got some ranch in. Let's do some more. So that's your second. And now you're a little thirsty. And you look at the drinks menu. And you see a bourbon drink. What? It's a fistful of bourbon old-fashioned. Fistful of bourbon, bitters, sugar, cherry, orange. That's your drink. So you have John Wick 4, normal, day, or normal night viewing. Um, you have pickle fries, you have some Berber spiced wings, and a fistful of bourbon old-fashioned. Now, here's the Can question. We, are we allowed to go over? No. Price is right rules. But. Okay. You get a choice. Do you want to keep this, or do you want to pass it to Nate and get the next one, not knowing what it is? I'll, I'll keep this one. Okay. Good, because it's not vegan friendly. But I specifically made sure Nate's was. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Also, uh, so do, you, do you need, do you need my answer now? Uh, yeah. Or should we do both? I don't know. How does the Price is Right do it? Don't they do the showdown? Oh, it doesn't. The question, and then they go. Not that this is the Price is Right. No, in, in Price is Right, I would give the answer now. Are you okay. on a copyright strike? No. <laughs> go ahead and give the answer. <laughs> go ahead and give your answer. I want to say $45. $45 for Jake. Let me write it down. Okay. Thank you, Jake. Nate, are you ready? So ready. Nate, you're going to go see John Wick 4 as well, but you hear there's a brunch option, so you're getting the matinee price. So you're going to John Wick 4 matinee price, uh, and you decide to look at the menu, and you see, you know, it's kind of early in the day. I see some avocado toast. Let's grab that. That's going to be toasted ciabatta, lemon, arugula, tomato, avocado. It says Greek yogurt spread, but it is it does say it's vegan. Uh, pickled red onion and radish on your avocado toast. I don't think so. I think it's vegan. Or is it vegetarian? Oh, it is vegetarian. Whoops. Uh. Wow. 
the fuck? You say uh, no Greek yogurt spread, please, and then get that. But the price is exactly the same. There's no deduction. Nope. Um, and then, you know, that didn't quite hit the spot, so you decide to go for some buffalo. Wait. It's the weirdest thing I've ever done, I think. Oh, you opted for the... Uh, I'm trying to find it. Sorry. The Beyond Meat Vegan Burger. Oh, you know that's expensive. A Beyond Meat <laughs> Patty, lettuce, tomato, vegan ranch, caramelized onions on toasted ciabatta. You love ciabatta. And when that gets to you, you realize you're a little thirsty and it's still kind of early in the morning. So you're going to get yourself a nice Irish coffee. Irish? Irish coffee. That Irish coffee has... Tullamore, D-E-W, Irish whiskey, fresh coffee, sugar cube, and whipped cream, which you're going to say no to, but still get charged for. Excellent. Those okay. are your drinks. Yep. So you have avocado toast. 54. Beyond Meat Vegan Burger, Irish coffee, and a matinee price to John Wick. You said $54? You're putting down. $54. Okay, thank you. Uh, Jake, you guessed $45. Actual retail price is $51.40 close i'll take it go over nate you said 54 dollars. the price of your showcase is 47 dollars and 40 cents jake you are the winner yeah nice job uh so let's go over the prices 1350 was the price of your ticket there jake uh i I, hold on i got mine i i thought 14 for the ticket perfect uh 10.95 for the pickle fries i thought nine uh, thirteen ninety five for the spiced wings. I thought fourteen and thirteen even for the bourbon old fashioned. And I thought twelve, and then that I cut it down for a little bit for safety. Smart. Uh, Nate, yours matinee ticket was ten dollars and fifty cents. I still, I assume twelve. Yeah, we got we got photo evidence <laughs> that you can't see. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, I saw. We'll get there. Turn off the blur on your fucking. <laughs> no, I. Oh my god. No. You believe me. I saw it. Um, <laughs> so your uh, avocado I'll, toast. I'll guess ahead of time. Okay, avocado toast. It helps. Ten ninety five. Yeah. Avocado toast. I assumed uh, ten dollars. Okay. The Beyond Meat Burger was fifteen ninety five. Wow, I actually assumed eighteen because yeah. we're in a movie theater. Uh huh. And the Irish coffee was ten dollars. Wow. Again, fourteen. Yeah, I would, I would assume fourteen for any drink at a theater. It's a deal. What a Coffee's deal two bucks. The Alamo Draft House. Yeah, go to Austin, go, Texas. Go to the Alamo Draft House. Yeah. For for a second, I was gonna like bump it up because I'm used to sponsors. Omaha prices. Yeah. Uh, but then I'm like, Austin, Texas is probably cheap too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Those good old the good old Republican-run states, Nate. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should. I'm lucky I'm allowed. <laughs> Thanks. True. Thanks for listening to our episode today. I'd like to thank my guests for joining us, Nate and Jake. I hope you all had fun. Uh, If you're new here, you can follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you get your podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. And if you're watching us, be sure to like and subscribe so you can see our newest YouTube videos as they come out. Now we're going to recommend stuff for people. Jake, do you have a good recommendation for the folks at home? So I was thinking about this earlier. I, I don't. I've been watching Succession. A little bit, and I've been watching uh, West Wing. Uh, been making slow progress on both. They're both really good. I recommend those, but neither one is a new recommendation. 
uh, I was thinking about it earlier because I think uh, since we switched to a consistent bi-weekly format, I don't always have new recommendations every I know. time. It's harder. Because, I, yeah, I'm like, what if I watched since the last time I watched this movie and have watched more <laughs> Succession and West Wing? I think Succession's a good one because that returns March 26th. That's I started watching it because I heard the final season was announced. Yep. It's and so, so it's great. time to get on board. I'm shortly, I'm shortly into season two. Nice, well done. Uh, so Nate, making me feel bad about myself. Uh, Why? I've watched plenty of new things in the last two weeks. <laughs> uh, first off, I'll I'll re up Jake's recommendation for Record of Ragnarok. When you recommended it last, I watched the first episode and I was like, eh, whatever. I went back and like powered through, and it's really good. I nice. watched all of it in the last two weeks. It's oh, pretty it's fun. Totally worth it. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not gonna say it's like great media, but it's, it's, it's fun. A masterpiece, yeah. But it's yeah. Really <laughs> so I heard about this anime. I haven't watched it, but it's I don't remember the name. It's like all the anime tropes for like fighting, but it's a food show, like a food prep. Shokugeki no Soma. Yeah, is that good? <laughs> so. <laughs> That's how so it it's, starts with an anime recommendation. <laughs> yes. It's it's one of my favorites, and I've learned about a lot of my favorite dishes from that show. Wow. But it's wow. uh it's got an uncomfortable amount of perviness. Oh, yeah. Uh that's uh yeah. That it's like half terrible. of anime, isn't it? Yeah, th- this okay. this is uh you know cause you know, because you know they they cook and it's it's super badass, like the cooking and the dishes, and they 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 talk about the cooking in like a really awesome and realistic way. Cool. Um, but then they taste the food, and it's so good that all their clothes explode <laughs> off, and they're moaning, and yeah, but like unironically. Let's go. Jake, have you watched like this? Is it called the Seven Deadly Sins? Yes. Yeah, I had to seven, stop watching that because of how pervy it was. But I seven, other than that. seven deadly sins is it, that's another one that's again it's it's one of my it's gotten a little worse, um, but at the start like I don't know just like the story and everything and like the characters yeah, are badass really but then it's like it's like why do you got to ruin this by making it weird too you know, yeah. but um, but my actual recommendation is Station Eleven on HBO. Uh, it's on HBO okay. Max. I think it did not get as much attention because it was a show about a pandemic that killed like 90% of the population that came out in 2001. Oof. I think they still like were making it during COVID. Wait, 2001 or 2021? It got released in 21. Oh, I thought you said 2001. Uh, You said 2001. Sorry, sorry. 2021. What the fuck did you know about COVID? Uh, it's. <laughs> I saw it from a, a video that was reviewing The Last of Us and basically said they they were talking about The Last of Us and they went into talking about like the new kind of way that post-apocalyptic shows are being made because post-apocalyptic shows basically change every like decade with whatever we're currently feeling. Like mm. we always make post-apocalyptic shows but they're always based on like what the current cultural thing is. Sure. And... The title of this video was like, uh, 
Survival is Not Enough, which was, it's actually one of the episode titles for Station Eleven. Oh. And it's about how they're getting more, like, optimistic, like, like how The Last of Us, there's stories of hope in this world of, it's not just all humans are evil. Station Eleven is another, it's, it's, if you like Last of Us, you should watch Station Eleven. Oh. Uh, but basically, okay. a flu kills almost everyone. And we're with the survival or survivors. I haven't finished the first season yet. Uh, we're like three fourths away through it. There's a mystery, but it's also like kind of a more optimistic take on what society looks like after the apocalypse. And it's really, really, really good. Let's all get along, guys. I was mad last night that I couldn't watch Station Eleven, and I had to watch The Whale. <laughs> I was so excited to watch the next episode of Station Eleven. Hell yeah! All right, nice. Uh, I love that. I just finished Servant on Apple TV+. Plus. It was M. Night Shyamalan's producer show thing. He didn't make it, but he produced it. He directed a lot and re- wrote a lot of the episodes. So did his daughter, actually. Um, it was really good. It was a very satisfying ending. Hello, baby. Uh, four, yeah, four seasons, half hours. They are really fun. Um, but again, yeah, I haven't watched a lot of this week, so I went back. It's kind of like in-between shows for me. Like New South Park is starting to come out, so that's great. Um, we're in between succession. Ted Lasso started back up. You know, there's a couple things coming. Ted Lasso but, uh, started up. Yep. Oh shit! Drop Season everything. Four. Go watch Ted Lasso. That's my recommendation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ted Lasso is awesome. Uh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, last season it's out right now. A couple episodes already. Well, we hope you enjoyed our show as much as we did. Enjoy your rum. Enjoy your cinema. We'll see you next time.